Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Queen City, Texas. Our study is in 1 Peter chapter 5. Go ahead and get your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, get your hearts ready before the Lord and uh, prepare to receive the words of truth today. I'm sure He will bless us and attempt to put His words of truth in our hearts today and show us great and great and mighty things. Do you still believe that the Word of God is, is, is full of great and mighty things that He desires to show us and to lead us into and that our feet be in? Because He has no greater joy than to see His children walking in the truth of who His Son is and what His Son has done for us on Calvary's tree. Hallelujah. I'm still gleaning from the glory of God that uh, was experienced there in the Termin Youth Camp this year. And my goodness, there were people saved. There were people filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm talking about people saved, walking around telling people they got saved. <laughs> I'm talking about people got, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, just speaking in other tongues and hands lifted to the heavens and praising God. Oh my goodness, it was a joyous time. It was so wonderful. And, and uh, I just appreciate so much all the hard work for all the, from all the, the pastors and, and, and all the assistant pastors and all the kitchen workers and all the sponsors and everybody that was there to, to be a part of this year's Determined Youth Camp. It was only our second one. It was more wonderful than before the last year. And uh, we're just now looking ahead to October the 5th through the 8th. Uh, where determined camp meeting will take place. This will be our 10th year to hold these determined camp meetings. And this message of the cross has gripped our hearts. And, and uh, the Lord is using these ministers who are focused on this great truth and uh, who are becoming determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified to carry this wonderful gospel to their communities, their regions, and really all over this nation and the world due to social media now. At one time, you had to be this and that and have all these credentials and all this big money, but now the internet has made it to where you can be online and be reaching people all over the world. And it is such a blessing that the Lord has opened this door. I know the enemy uses uh, the good things for his own evil purposes, but we won't let that stop us from using these things such as the internet, YouTube, Facebook for publishing the words of God's truth found in his righteousness. Hallelujah. So make plans to be with us October the 5th through the 8th there in Palestine, Texas at Christ Community Church. Pastors Clint and Lindsey Bass will be hosting the Great Determined Camp Meetings again this year. And all I've got to say about these camp meetings is that it smells like lamb. It smells like lamb. It looks like lamb. Oh my goodness. Oh my Lord. It's uh, The Bible is very clear that if we're going to be being changed into the image of that what God saw on Calvary's tree, then we're going to have to be beholding that image. And if we're not hearing about that image, then we're not going to be seeing that image. And our God is trying us every moment to see if He can keep our attention on the Lamb. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What a wonderful truth it is. What a wonderful and no better experience there is outside of walking with Christ through faith in what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's see where we are this morning. Looks like we're going to be in 1 Peter again. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, and looks like we're going to start here back in verse 10. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, part 7, on this 24th day of July, 2023. 
So grab your pencils and your paper. Make sure you get your Bibles and your heart is laid wide open for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth and grace to be able to impart truth into your heart. It's, it's truth being in the inward parts, the Bible says that God desires. Not just lip service, not just knowledge in the head, but the Bible says God desires that His truth be in the inward parts. That means the heart. See, it's only when truth is in the heart that the feet can be in the path. Oh, hallelujah. See, the Lord will show you His path of life so that your feet can walk in it. And only while that is happening can there be fruit that glorifies Him. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So watch this morning. In verse 10 is where we are. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace, and there is so much, there is no end of grace. It is eternal. Because grace is God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. Uh, let me say that again. God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, and one of His names is the Spirit of grace. And so the God of all grace, the God of all that He does, it, if, if He's not doing it, he can't honor it. If he's not doing it, he's not for it. If he's not for it, he's against it. Glory be to God. Do you understand that? If God's not doing it, he's not for it. Everything in our Christian life must be by grace. That means Him working it through our faith. By grace, by the Spirit of grace, by the Spirit of God, through faith. And that's always only got one object, and that being the Word of God in the light of the Lamb. Only. In the light of the Lamb. The Bible says, Revelation 21 and 23, the light is the Lamb. The Lamb is the light. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said He's the light while He walked on the earth in His ministry. The Bible says in Psalms 119-105 that Thy Word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. <laughs> So today, which is it? Is it Jesus the man in his ministry? Or is it the word of God written here for us? Or is it the lamb slain? Well, my friends, you can't separate those three things. If you do, you're going to find yourself in a confusing mess. But the word of God, the Bible says, became flesh that's Jesus, the man, hallelujah. And he went to the cross to die for us as the lamb. So the scriptures must always be in the light of who Jesus was as a man on this earth and what he did as a lamb. When you separate any of those three, then you will find yourself in a confused state and very much will you not understand. So let's talk about this a little bit more today, the God of all grace. That means He's the God of everything and over everything that He will do. He will do. And I, I want to read you a scripture this morning. The Lord showed me this scripture uh, this past uh, determined youth camp while uh, Pastor Lindsey Bass was ministering, God at work, and, and, I, and I, I was following along what she was preaching, and I had a note in my Bible uh, where she was at in Philippians, and I had a note to take me back to Isaiah 26, 12, and I want us to look at that today because it is a profound statement that will help Help you tremendously if you have a heart that can receive the truth, a spirit-taught heart. That is, a spirit-taught heart. Are you with me? Do you understand that? You must be able to be taught by the Spirit, which means you must have your faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Jesus said that in Luke 14, 26 and 27, that if you don't bear your cross, you cannot be my disciple. Disciple means 
learner. We are not learning outside of a deliberate and conscious, I know what I'm trusting in, not did, but am, the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ, what He there did for me and to me. Hallelujah. And while my, fa- while my faith is trusting in Him and His work at Calvary, then through that revelation, the Holy Spirit of grace can teach me the Word of God. Watch now Isaiah 26 and 12. Lord, You will ordain peace for us. And where did he do that? The Bible says in Colossians 1 and verse 20 that he made our peace. He ordained our peace. He made our peace by the blood of his cross. So watch this now and don't try to separate anything here. Stay with it. Let it stay together because if you do, it'll hold you together by faith. Hallelujah. Lord, you will ordain peace for us. Because you have also wrought all our works in us. That word wrought there means to do or to make habitually. Habitually. God is at work, my friend. I want you to know God is at work in His people, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. I said God is at work in his people. And this scripture here tells us how that work and where that work is found by us and it cannot be worked out until we find it being worked in by the one who's doing the work. Watch now, Lord, you will ordain peace for us. And he did that on Calvary's tree. Because you also have wrought, you have worked, All our works in us. See, it's just the old covenant pulled over into the new in Philippians where it's God working in us, both to do and to uh, to, to will and to do of His good, here comes that word, pleasure that which pleases him, which what is the one thing that's required that if he's going to have pleasure in anything, and it's faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So he's working in us both to will and to do those things that please him and when we have our faith anchored in the sacrifice, not did, but do. When we are trusting in our union with Christ in His death on Calvary's tree, then we're going to recognize it is God working in us both to will and to do of those things that please Him. Hallelujah. And that requires faith in the Lamb. Outside of that, God's not pleased. Any, even with anything I do that may have some appearance of good, He's not pleased with it. Why? Because it is impossible to please God without faith. And that is not just any faith. That is the faith that we live by. That faith being the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Hallelujah. So I wanted to share that with you in Isaiah 26, 12. I hope you'd put that there with your notes and and lay hold on it. But uh, uh, we need to understand that, that the works, it says all the works, let's look at it again. I can't leave it yet. For the Lord is the one who has worked all our works in us. And we read yesterday, in, in, in the message yesterday, how the scripture says that all, God's, all of God's works, are, all of His ways, rather, are righteous. Every work, every way of God is righteous. And we know, because of what Romans chapter 6 teaches us, that God had to declare us righteous through our faith in His righteous Son's righteous work on the cross. 
And then at the same time he saved us, when he freed us from sin, he made us servants of righteousness because he cannot be served outside of being served in righteousness. He cannot be served. Read Romans 6. You'll see there's only two avenues by which men serve anything. And one of them is serving the sin nature unto death. The other one is serving God through faith in the cross. And that's where we're serving God as servants of righteousness when we serve obedience unto righteousness. That means faith in Christ, obedience unto the righteousness He worked for us. There's only two avenues. And the Bible tells us that in Romans 6 and 16. So... We need, we need to know these things. And yes, my friend, you are required to know these things. The Lord has told us to study His Word and to show ourselves approved unto Him, not men. Show ourselves approved unto God. He's already approved us if we're saved, but He wants to see the fruit of that approval, and it is always the fruit of of righteousness that's only experienced when our faith is deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus. Not anything else. Nothing else. Not even the things that God has called us to be and to walk in. All of that comes through faith in the sacrifice. Not, oh, not yesterday. Now faith is. Get that now. Everything comes through faith in the sacrifice. Now. Now. Yesterday's faith is not now faith. Yesterday's faith was in yesterday and yesterday's gone. So the God of all grace who has called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, that means by His death, that's how He called us, by His death, you were called from heaven by God through the blood. And Ephesians 2 and 13 says we were brought near to God by the blood. He made our peace by the blood of His cross, Colossians 1 and 20. He brought us near, Ephesians 2.13, and He immersed us into that very death, Romans 6 and 3, when we believed, when we believed in Christ, the Holy Spirit placed us in His death. That's how we entered Christ Jesus, by entering into union with Him in His death by faith, in the death he was tasting by the grace of God. Hallelujah. But who has called us unto his eternal glory. You see, God's grace and God's glory are eternal. And he has given us both. The Bible says in Psalms, is it Psalms 8411, I think we quoted it in our, in our last session, that that he, he gives grace and glory and he will withhold no good thing from those that walk uprightly before him. But it takes grace to be able to do that. And we have to understand, if we get faith wrong, then grace is not going to be experienced because grace is only experienced through faith. Again, everything in Christianity, everything among the people of God, the church, every ounce of experience with God is by grace, that's Him working, His work, through faith. That's how we work out what He's working in. We don't work at, we don't work for, we work out. That means our faith in what He's doing in us, we believe that and therefore we allow the Spirit of grace to bring forth the fruit of His work at Calvary. Do you understand that? I hope you do. I hope you're learning that. And because His grace and His glory is eternal. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that for all eternity, through all the ages to come, He's going to show forth uh, his, his glorious grace 
upon us. It's going to shine like the stars in the firmament, the Bible says. It's his, but it's His glory and His grace, meaning, get this, His doings. God's grace is God's doings. I didn't save myself. You didn't save yourself. I can't save you. You can't save me. But we can point each other to the one who by, by grace tasted death for all men. That means by what God, the Spirit of grace, was doing in Him on Calvary's tree, we can be saved. And we know that Jesus did what He did by the Spirit of grace because uh, uh, Hebrews 9 and 14 says that Jesus shed his, his blood on Calvary's cross through the eternal Spirit. That's the Spirit of grace. That's God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, led Jesus to the cross, through the cross, through death, through the burial, and up on the third day in resurrection life. The Bible says in Psalms 85 and 13 that the way of righteousness went before Him and has set us in His steps. I hope you'd write that down and look at that. The way of righteousness went before Him. That's the way of the cross, my friends. Not just everything He did that was right. Everything He did was righteous, but the door wasn't opened to you and me until He took our sin, our old man, and represented us to God. When he took our old man, when, when all of our sin was placed upon him and he became our sin bearing offering, hallelujah, then the door was opened. And God has given all of humanity a place to rest their faith, a place for their heart to surrender to God. And if that's not where our faith is at, if that's not where our hearts are surrendered, then we are not believing unto righteousness. And let me say this, because the object of faith for the biggest part of all the church today is not literally and deliberately and consciously the death of Jesus. That's what causes the mouth to speak all the things that are wrong. The Bible says, with the heart men believe unto righteousness, then the mouth confesses that salvation. Well, all of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. So therefore, while our hearts are believing the word in its righteous context, meaning the revelation of Christ crucified, then faith can come and we can find our feet in the very footsteps that went before Jesus, took Him to the cross and threw death in the, at the cross, and we can find our footsteps there following His footsteps. Because in this life, in this life, we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross to be even able to follow Him. I can't follow Christ without faith in His sacrifice. Not having had it, my friends, the Bible says, deny self, take up my cross daily. That's right. And if I refuse to do that, or if I don't know to do that, either one, it doesn't matter. I cannot learn of Him. I can learn what the Bible says, and I can learn how to piece scriptures together concerning many issues. I can write a book on the promises of God. I can write a book on how to deal with this issue uh, uh, concerning these scriptures, concerning that issue, that bondage, that sin, those chains of darkness. But if they don't climax at Calvary, there is no life, light, or liberty. 
God's word cannot produce life, light, or liberty unless my heart is believing unto the righteousness of God's word. And that's the work of Christ on Calvary's death. That's why we can't just get up and tell good Old Testament stories and work the people up and and then it not be the climax of God's redemption in the Lamb because we're stuck We're just stuck with no advancement. We're stuck with no deliverance. We're stuck without gospel power. Without the power of the gospel, we remain where we are. And the longer we remain right where we are without moving forward, with that dullness of hearing, the more we are likely to burn out and quit. We must awaken unto righteousness, find ourselves back again serving God by serving righteousness. Because He cannot be served outside of serving Him in obedience unto righteousness. Glory be to God. But the God of all grace who has called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, and you are going to suffer here if you're going to live godly in Christ Jesus. Not because you go to church, read your Bible, all that will live God, live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's what your Bible says. So you're going to suffer for a while. That's why you better understand what it means that your God is the God of all grace and that grace is all He is offering you. It's what He establishes you by. It's what He establishes our hearts by. The book of Hebrews says our hearts are established by grace. But Isaiah 54 and 14 says He establishes His people in righteousness. So you cannot separate the two. You cannot separate the two. If you want to see it better, look in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, and watch what you read here. I do not frustrate, that word means deny, the grace of God, God at work. For if righteousness come by the law. See, the focus here is how righteousness come. To make me righteous, number one, to save my soul. Number two, righteousness, how it comes to live for God, to bear forth the fruit of the Lord, actually doing a work in me both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Watch now, let's read this again. I do not frustrate, that word means deny, I do not deny the grace of God. That means what God is attempting to do. Because if righteousness come by the law, if the fruit of what God is doing comes by the law, what I do, then Christ is dead in vain. Christ died for nothing if it's about what I do. But it's not about what I do. It's about what I'm working out that God is working in. Amen. For it's God who works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Do you get that? That which pleases Him and nothing pleases God without faith. The Bible says it is an impossibility for our God to be pleased without faith. And that's not just any faith in anything. The Bible very clearly teaches there's one faith and one object of faith. One faith. It's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave Himself for us. One faith, Ephesians 4 and 5, and that object of that one faith is revealed in Galatians 2 and 20. When we move away from that, when we put faith in what I speak, the, that what, not listen, when we put faith in our speaking, when we put faith in... 
faith in any of our doing, even if what we're doing seems to be the Word of God, then our faith is misplaced. God is not pleased with that. Outside, listen, the Bible says anything not of faith is sin. Romans 14, 23. Anything not of faith, of the working of faith. Anything not of faith is sin. Anything that doesn't emanate from the faith of Jesus Christ who loved me and gave himself for me at Calvary is sin. And that word sin is the noun there in Romans 14, 23, which means it's, it's the sin nature dominating. It's the work through the, the flesh. Anything not of faith is sin. It's the sin nature. Anything... Anything that we're doing, calling it a move of God, that's not flowing from a deliberate and conscious faith in the sacrifice of Christ, not the cross, yes, and, no, just the cross. We fail so many times to, to lay hold of, to understand, to, to press on into the reality that the power of God is found in the gospel. That the preaching of the cross really is the power of God. And that the cross is enough for salvation to the uttermost. And when we, we say yes to the cross, but we, 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 we eliminate ourselves from the spirit of grace. We fall from grace. We remove ourselves from the very one who called us into this grace of Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches. And there are many doing it, and they've always done it. I've done it. I've been there. I'm not condemning anybody for even being there now because if they're God's people, you can't condemn them. He's not condemning them, but you can warn them. <coughs> you can keep teaching the Word, and after they find themselves far enough out in that pasture, pasture of deceitful, deceptive destruction, hopefully they'll come back to the security and the assurance and the quiet place exclusively in the cross of Christ. Because outside of that, outside of that, the sin nature is dominating, deceiving, and slaying God's people. Romans 7, 9 through 13. Read it. <laughs> So let's get back over here to 1 Peter and see some more of this today. But the God of all grace, the God who is the operator of all that He does. And remember, God only honors what God does. That's why we, we can only, if God is going to honor with fruit or there's going to be treasure laid up in heaven, if there's going to be a move of God in our lives now, it's going to be because God's people recognize that He is at work in them and desires to do that work through them, but it all stems from God's people having their faith anchored exclusively in that which allowed Him to begin that work in them. Not something else. Not something else. It's not He began because I trusted in Christ crucified, but now He'll continue if I know Galatians is very clear about that. Are you foolish to have begun in the Spirit? Now are you foolish to think that you're going to be perfected after the flesh? Referring to what you do. God doesn't save us by what we do. He doesn't deliver us by what we do. He doesn't grow us by what we do in spite of what many, many people say. We grow and mature as we behold the Lamb. That's what most of the church don't even want to hear about anymore. You look at the churches that have filled up capacity, they are not hearing about the Lamb slain. 
They are not hearing. They are not being told that to be being conformed into the Son of God, they must they must be beholding the Lamb because we are being made conformable unto His death. That's Scripture right there, Romans 8 and 28, Philippians 3 and 10, and 2 Corinthians 3 18. And 2 Corinthians 4, 11 through 13 describe perfectly that which the Holy Spirit is always delivering us unto, that being the death of Jesus, so that we, by faith in that that we're beholding, can be found expressing Christ. We can't express Christ except through a deliberate and conscious faith in His death, my friend. It's an impossibility. You can be nice, but so can somebody on their way to hell. You can be well-mannered, but so can somebody that's on their way to hell. Everybody that's lost and on their way to hell, my friend, is not out there on drugs, raping people, robbing banks, killing people. There's some very nice, well-mannered, polite people out there who are not going to make heaven simply because, well, it's the same reason nobody makes heaven. They did not surrender to the truth of God's Son and what He did on the cross exclusively for their salvation. Amen. How do I know? Because there's going to be many, Jesus said, that will say to the Lord at the judgment, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? Boy, folk need to hear that today. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Oh, many need to hear that today. Didn't we do many good works in your name? And the Lord's going to look at them and say, I never knew you. You're workers of iniquity. Every work that is not the work of God, meaning the work of the Holy Spirit who is the Spirit of grace, every work of the Christian that's not by grace through faith, and that means by what Jesus tasted death by, the grace of God, the Spirit of grace, every work that's done outside of faith in the cross, every work that's done while we're trusting in some program, some fad, anything other than the death of Jesus cannot bring forth the grace that was there tasted of by Jesus. Grace by faith is an exclusive avenue. Israel of old got sick of the only way that God would work, the only way that God would protect, the only way that God would keep, the only way that God would prosper. Israel got sick of the sacrificial system. They got so sick of it that eventually God got sick of the way they treated Him. Because what you're doing with the sacrifice of Christ, my friend, is exactly what you're doing to God. If you're shunning the lamb slain, you're shunning God. Oh, I don't care how many tears you cry. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses we can memorize and quote. All those things. What we're doing with the lamb it's what we're doing with Christ. And what we're doing with Christ is what we're doing with God. I'm glad you're able to hear this today. I hope that you would allow the Holy Spirit to take that conviction that you're feeling right now. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you. Showing you how wrong and how long you've been wrong. I've been there, my friend. I know what it's like to have used the Bible in all the wrong ways. All God's ways are in righteousness. That means in and through Christ and what He did at Calvary. All of God's works are in truth, Psalms 33, 4. That means outside of truth, you're not going to find Him at work. The church of Galatia learned that the hard way, and so did I. Calling this God and that God and that God and putting Scripture with that and making up what I wanted to. It sounded good and putting Scripture with it and, and to just taking Scripture and slapping it on whatever. Jesus said the words about Him. Jesus said the Word testifies of Him. 
He is our genesis. He is our beginning. He is our revelation. He is our end. He authored and finished our faith on Calvary's cross, proving there's no other object of faith for God's people. None. He authored and finished the work of faith on Calvary's tree. (laughs) Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you're going to have at least some of your life to lay up treasure in heaven by hearing the truth? Aren't you thankful that God found you desiring what was right. You, you, you knew something had been wrong for years. You, you, you just couldn't put your finger on it. You've you, you just, you just always been in this place where you see it, but you, it should be, but you, you know it, it, you need to be, but the, the cross of Christ and the focus of the Lamb there brings clarity, clearness. It, it removes the hazy places and the darkness. Jesus promised it would. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But you have to know, you can't follow Him lest your faith be in the sacrifice of Christ. And you can't say it is while you're telling people, if you'll do these three things, God will do this. You see, I used to be there. I believed in the cross. Jesus saved me there. But yet I was telling people, if they'd do these three things, God would deliver them. That is destruction coming from the preacher's mouth. Because anything I tell you, you must do as far as you going and doing something that God is going to deliver you by what you do, man, I am heaping condemnation on you in a great deceitful and deceptive way. I'm actually telling you that you must stay under the law. You must keep doing if you want God to do. But it's not doing that saved you and allowed God to begin the work in you. It was believing, surrendering your heart unto the righteous work of Christ at Calvary that allowed God to move in you and go to work in you. And nothing else will allow Him to continue that work until you bring your heart surrendered back to Calvary. I know what it's like, preacher, to have to all of a sudden in the middle of and after many years of wrong direction, wrong focus, I know what it's like to have to get up and say, I've been wrong. I know what it's like to to all of a sudden be found as the Apostle Paul realizing what is right and that I've not only taught wrong, preached wrong, and and, 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 and tried tried to encourage but wrong, uh, but I myself just flat out have been wrong. I've done wrong. I've been wrong. And the Apostle Paul, at the revelation of the cross and what really happened there, he was given that, you know. And he realized that he'd been responsible for hating God, the God he thought he loved, for hating God's people, the people of God he thought he loved. And when you step into that light, you must... You must, in spite of all that you will lose, and you will lose much. Paul said he lost everything, but in light of what he gained, he was able to see all that he lost as true loss. And that word there means he saw it as that, those things he lost, he saw them as those things that were had been robbing him, robbing him of what he now was gaining. And see, that's why when you hear this truth of Christ crucified in the Scriptures, you must be willing to let go of all the wrong ways that you have handled God's Word. You must admit you've been wrong. No matter what your mother and father or your denomination or what, you must count all that 
dung and a waste of time because without the cross involved in any aspect that it's not involved, we are wasting time and not redeeming the time. There is no such thing as redeeming anything if the cross of Christ is not involved. That's anything at any time. There is no experience of redeeming the time that we have wasted well, unless the cross be the centerpiece on the table, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Not just for salvation, my friend, initially, but for the experience, every and all the experience of that salvation throughout our lives. And if we reach a place where we hear sound doctrine being preached and taught and we say, well, yeah, I see all that, but, my friend, that but, that but, those things that we refuse to let go of, they will rob us, they will rob us, they will rob us from the more truth we're asking God to give us. God can't give any more truth then you're willing to let go of things that are blocking the avenue of that more truth. You understand that? There is no gain of Christ except through the loss of flesh. There is no gain without loss. I must deny myself. That's loss. That's the loss of self ruling, flesh ruling. I must deny myself. I must choose to deny myself to be able to follow Christ. I cannot be His disciple unless I bear my cross. That's faith in His cross. Hallelujah. So watch now. But the God of all grace who has called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you've suffered a while and you will, but He'll make you perfect. Perfection's coming, my friend. It's not on this side of death, but it's coming. And He'll establish you. He's doing that now. His perfection, let me go back to the word perfect. There's no way that anybody is perfect as far as sinless perfection. But the work of God is perfect. His, he don't, listen, God don't do anything that's not perfect. His salvation is perfect. The work of Christ on Calvary's tree was a perfect work. Anything God does is perfect. That's why we ought to be more focused and have a greater desire above all desires that, that, that we are found working out by faith that which God is working in us because His work is perfect. And God is not working in us any work other than the work of Christ's death. Now that work out of us is seen in many ways. Oh, we got to stay here a minute. Oh, we got to stay here a minute. The only work that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, is working in us is the finished work of Christ, His death on Calvary's tree. That's the work He's working in us. And the work that comes out of that is the product, it's the fruit of a finished work. It's the fruit of that work of righteousness because all the fruits of faith, if it's biblical, scriptural faith, is the righteousness of faith. Get that? It's not just something good I'm saying it's God. It's the righteousness, the righteous fruit of faith. Because all the fruit of faith is the fruit of the righteous work of Christ crucified. Let's say this again. It was either Pastor Lindsay or Pastor Stephanie that said at Determined Youth Camp that the only work God is working in us is the work of Christ crucified. We know it for many scriptural reasons. Number one is because that's the work we're being made conformable to. That very glorious image there as we behold it. 
as in a mirror. <laughs> it's so beautiful to me how God has made the cross of Christ the very mirror that we can look at into and watch Him changing us into the image that He saw of His Son on Calvary's cross. Now, my friend, it don't, it don't get no more exciting than that right there. And I just could only pray and ask the Lord to wake the church up to that great truth, that great reality, and that only place that we can be beholding and watching God do the work. See, God's not... God, listen, God's not doing something we can't see. Oh, yes, it's by faith we see it. But hear me, the looking glass is Jesus on the cross. I'm not talking about a gory, bloody mess, although he had to go through that for the whole world, all men. I'm talking about what God saw and what God was doing there for us and to us and what God was producing there. You see, our Jesus didn't begin his reign when he sat down at the right hand of God in heaven after his resurrection. Jesus began his work of reigning on the tree. That is where the door was open to you and me, not before. That is where he destroyed all the principalities and powers, making an open show of them in his cross, triumphing over all of them, reigning from the tree. Reigning from the tree. And my friend... That's why that's the only place you're going to be found reigning with Christ here and now. That's the only place you're going to find yourself enduring your suffering for a while. It's the only place you're going to find that perfect work taking place in you where God's establishing you in that righteousness. Isaiah 54 and 14. It's the only place you'll find God strengthening you. What did the Lord tell Paul when he's begging for the thorn to be removed, which by the way, God gave him. The Lord finally told Paul, my grace, what I'm doing, what I'll do by my spirit is sufficient for you. Paul got a hold of that and said, well, then I'll go ahead and just glory right here in my weaknesses and in my infirmities so that the power of Christ, see how it's related to the cross, the grace, the power of Christ, Paul said, may rest upon me. The Lord told him that his grace being sufficient for Paul was his, his, his strength being made perfect in Paul's weakness. Get that now. God's grace... And God's, which is God's strength, being made perfect in our weakness is only found by those who are trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. Whether it's for initial salvation or it's to preach or teach a message from the Word or it's to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself. Or if it's Wives submitting to their own husband just as Jesus was submitted and committed to His heavenly Father and His righteous judgment. It makes no difference. Watch. And the Bible says He will settle you. That word settle, let's dig into that. It means to lay a basis for, for that which is erect that which is able to stand, God has to settle the ground for which He is establishing you. See, the word establishing means to erect and to be standing. This is why our only ground of being established is His righteousness, meaning the work of righteousness Christ carried out at Calvary, not anything we do. The fruit of our true biblical faith, which is always in Christ crucified, is going to be the righteousness of faith, the fruit of true faith, and, and it's going to be based on the ground of righteousness. That's where everything is settled. The Bible says that God's Word is settled forever. 
in heaven. And what, what allows God's Word to be settled is because all of His words are in righteousness. And it is, it is the settling ground. It is the, it is the ground out of which God erects all that He does and causes it to stand. That's why you hear songs written, My one defense is my righteousness. My one defense is God's righteousness through the faith of Jesus Christ and what He did there by that faith for me, not what I do. What I do, it's the fruit of what I do. It takes God doing through me, and that is the definition of by grace, by the Spirit of grace, which is God working through me because I'm acknowledging the one work He's working in me, and that is the death of Jesus. Do you understand what the Lord is offering you today? Do you understand the light He's offering you today? Do you understand this path of life that He's trying to make brighter for you? He's promised to do that. He's promised to make His path that He placed you on, set your feet in, brighter and brighter until that perfect day. Proverbs 4.18 The path of the just, which means the path of the righteous, shall shine more until that perfect day. Well, the path of the righteous, the path of the just is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Because Jesus said He is the way, the life and the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Well, that word way means path. He is our path of righteousness. He is our light that will become brighter as long as we don't get pulled away from the focus of the one work God is doing in us that results in many fruits of that work among God's people and in our lives. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Paul finishes this letter and says, By Silas, this is what Silvanus' name really was, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose, which means I consider him, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is, this is the true grace of God wherein you stand. Stand fast. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ made you free. That He made us free when He died for us, when He tasted death by the grace of God. He that is dead is free from sin. Romans 6, 6 and 7. He that is dead, have you believed in Jesus Christ? Then you died with Him. You were crucified with Him, Galatians 2.20. Think about it. This is the true grace of God in which you stand when we take and make the, any other object the object of our faith, than literally the death of Jesus, then we're no longer standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ made us free, that being the grace of God that only flows from Calvary's tree through our faith in the death of Jesus. The church that is in Babylon, elected together with you, salutes you. We greet you, he says, and so does Marcus, my son, meaning Mark, not his real son, but physically, but his son in the faith. And then he says to close this, this letter out, which we'll do today, greet you one another with a kiss of love, a kiss of charity, peace, be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Peace is only found in Christ Jesus. 
And you and I, when we were born again, we were placed, immersed into Christ Jesus by being immersed into His death, Romans 6, 3. There's where we found the peace that He became to us on Calvary's cross. And that's why Peter can write, Peace be with you all. Not just that you have been offered peace, but peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Peace is a reality in experience through faith in the death of Jesus. I said peace is a reality of experience through faith in the death of Jesus. Going to church ain't going to get you the peace of God. Reading your Bible, not going to get you the peace of God. But faith in the sacrifice. God bless you. I love you. I'll be back with you th uh, Friday morning. Don't forget to tune in. This has been a great session. We'll start chapter 5 Friday morning. And looking forward to it. Uh, Pray for us. We're praying for you as we're found standing fast in this great grace. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a blessing financially this ministry, you can give an offering to Him by going to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can simply text the word GIVE, 903-231-5950. Again, 903-231-5950. God bless you. May the Lord touch you, body, soul, and spirit today. And I know He will when He finds your faith in the sacrifice of Christ. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.